Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When we step out, You'll find generous God always, but you'll definitely find generous people. As we're sent out, God provides for us supernaturally, which he would for them, and naturally. God would provide everything needed for the mission to be successful. Understand this principle. When those disciples came into the town, they would focus on giving to the people. What would happen? Those people would give back to them. Give and it will be given to you. It's easy to trust God for the small stuff. That way, if it doesn't happen, your expectations are low enough that the disappointment is small. But when it's something big, a needed job, housing, illness, your faith's on the line and really gets tested. Pastor Mark will be teaching about an experience the disciples had where they had to trust God for everything. Jesus put them in this position, in the school of faith, so to speak, to give them a chance to put into practice the things they should have been learning. You'll hear how their lessons can be applied to your life too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 9 as he continues his message, Sent Out Disciples Greater. I taught a lot, but I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't interested in being a pastor. But we got this church started. God called us to do it. And we would meet all kinds of places. We started in a Holiday Inn, and then we moved to another place. And then we moved to the rec center at Kiwanis Island. And then when the Kiwanis Island had the cat show on Sunday, we had to move someplace else. We were like the moving church all over the place. Well, God bless that. It was never about the building. It was about the message. From that came, Cornerstone became the first Calvary Chapel in Florida. Today, there's about 60. Then we moved down here. And what did we do again? We moved everywhere. We moved all over the places. And it was never, ever to be about the building. It was to be about the message. From day one, in all of those things, God provided us. Wherever we needed to be, we were there. We were simply focusing on teaching the Word of God. These disciples learned to depend on God. Now, be careful. Don't ever be kind of dependent on this building. It's never about the building. It's about the message. It isn't about the stuff. It's about the message. I remember in one of our early times in this church, we were at... BCC, in a little auditorium. We had just started. There was about 70 people in the service. We had never really been to that room before, so it was a little out of our comfort zone. 
we had to call people and tell them where we were meeting. We're not meeting here. We're not meeting there. We're meeting over here. At the end of that service, I just bowed my head and I said, if you need Christ, you need to come. Most of those people were all regular. When I lifted my head, six people were around the altar. And it always reminded me, it's never about the place. It's about the message. Don't get focused on buildings. They learned to depend on God. But they learned one other thing. They learned to depend on people. When they came into that town, those people were not believers. Who opened their house for them? Unbelievers. Who fed them? Unbelievers. Who was kind to them? Unbelievers. Well, how did that work? God opened their hearts. Here's the next generosity one you want to write, and it's greater. Greater generosity. People giving of themselves and their resources. Now, this isn't even Christians. When we step out, you'll find generous God always, but you'll definitely find generous people. As we're sent out, God provides for us supernaturally, which he would for them and naturally. God would provide everything needed for the mission to be successful. Understand this principle. When those disciples came into the town, they would focus on giving to the people. What would happen? Those people would give back to them. Give, and it will be given to you. Thanks to all of our people at our campuses for being generous. You're generous people on all of our campuses. Thanks for opening your homes in this new emphasis. Thanks for all of you that have stepped up and become facilitators. You're generous of your time, your home, the place where you live. Thanks for all of you that give every week in all of our campuses. Thousands of you volunteer. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for your generosity. And thank you for all of you that have stepped up and and just increased your tithes and your offerings so that we can minister freely. Well, Jesus is going to tell them something very strange next. Not only would they have to learn to depend upon God, not only would they have to learn to depend on people, but look at verse 5. If people do not welcome you, Jesus says, shake the dust off your feet when you leave the town as a testimony against them. What was Jesus warning them up front? Jesus was telling them, look, not everybody will believe the message you have. Not everybody is going to get saved. When you walk in, you're going to see in your ministry opposition. Why would Jesus tell them that? Because our expectation is everybody that I share with is going to get saved. That ain't going to happen. How many of you had wrong expectations when you got married? Let me see your hands. She's the most beautiful. He's the most kind person I've ever seen. And about two weeks later, you go, who is that that I married? They're selfish. Come on now. I said that for those of you that are getting ready to get married. Don't have your expectations up here. They're going to be great. Marriage is fantastic. But we're people, aren't we? So why would Jesus say, "Uh, there's going to be some people that are not going to receive your message? Then he says, here's what you do. You leave the house and you stomp your feet, and you go to the next town. Now, let's practice that, because every time you give the gospel and somebody doesn't receive it, I want us to just practice it. No, that's not what Jesus is saying for us. That was a cultural thing in those days. Now, why would they do that? 
They didn't do it by saying in their face, well, I'll never talk to you again. I'll just go to hell. That's where you want to go anyway. No, we would never do that. It was a cultural thing. Here's what you want to write greater. Here's what Jesus was trying to say to them. Here it is. There's an urgency. Greater urgency. The battle is for the souls of people. What's Jesus saying? If they don't receive your message, move on. Look for people that will receive your message. Staying there and trying to argue with them will not change their hearts. You will learn that. But today we learn not to stamp our feet. We just learn, often this is with a relative. We will learn that, in fact, sometimes they'll say to you, you can come to my house for the holidays, but do not mention God. That's all right. Prayer is greater than my mouth. I can mention their name in prayer to God. Amen. And see, by the way, some of you here, you were those people that said, get out of my face. I don't want to hear the message. But somehow, somebody got through to you, and you're here today. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but you're here. You were the people that said, don't, I'm not interested. Don't talk to me about it. But in time, God got to you. So don't give up on those people. But what Jesus is saying is this. When there's a closed door, don't try to beat it down with your wisdom. Move on to the next town. Why? Because there's an urgency. We're not talking about just a witness. We're talking about the souls of men and wisdom. So when you and I go out, we can expect rejection in spiritual warfare. This is the spiritual thing. It's spiritual warfare. Not everyone will want to hear the good news. So Jesus said, just move on. There's an urgency. Don't stay any longer. It won't change their minds. Why an urgency? Because there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. And every person is going to spend eternity in one of two places. This is not a game. This isn't something we do on a weekend to be religious. This is about where you and me, and by neighbors and relatives and friends, are going to spend eternity. I never take any service lightly, because I don't know that the person I'm speaking to, or who's ever here in the pulpit, this would be the only time they'll hear the good news. I don't know. So I want to give a simple good news message through the teaching, so that they can choose To accept or reject. We don't take this lightly. Don't you take it lightly. Now, notice what happens next. So they, verse 6, they, say it with me, they set out. Would you circle that in your Bible? They set out. Jesus said, I'm going to send you out. So what did they do? They went out. Good intentions are useless. They obeyed. Well, Pastor Mike, I plan to do that. I plan to get to a home group. I plan to open my house. I, I plan to witness. I, I, well, when? Well, when I get around to it. No, that's useless. They set out of their comfort zone. They got away and they knew this was going to expand their life. They'd watched their life expand so much already. They were excited to be in the will of God. Let's read on. So they set out 
and went from village to village. What were they doing? Exactly what Jesus said. Preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Now, one of the things I want to share with you, and I want you to pay special attention to me right now. Because America is really not a Christian nation, we can become a little skewed in our thinking. Well, Pastor Mark, if I'm sent out here in America, there's not really many people that are interested in hearing the gospel. That's wrong thinking. That's thinking from the media. That's thinking from the right wing to the whatever or the left wing to the... Well, Pastor Mark, you just had that slide up there. The nuns, like 20% of people don't believe in anything. It doesn't matter. See, God put eternity in the heart of everybody. Everybody is searching. Everybody without God is empty. They don't even know what they're looking for. We know what they're looking for. God. Pastor Mark, why would you say that? Because if you have the mentality that in your neighborhood, most of those people, I drove today and I watched some neighbors that never come to church. Well, pretty soon I can get naked and go like, well, they're not interested. They don't want anything. They're not searching. They're perfectly fine. They're not fine. Now, how do I know this next greater is true? Here's what I want you to write. Greater insight. When they went from town to town, their eyes were opened. There were searching and hurting people in every single town where they went. How do I know that's true in Vieira and West Melbourne today? How do I know true? Because Jesus said this. Do not say four months and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields. They're ripe. They're ready. They're filled with searching, hurting people. Don't ever think that everybody in America is set. They're not set. It's no different than any other nation that I go to. India, China, Thailand, Singapore, Indonesia, wherever I It's no different. They speak a different language. They might have some different idols. We have our own idols here in the United States. That's self. Don't think the fields are not white. They're white to harvest. They're absolutely white to harvest. I can't open their eyes, but I can open my eyes. And then God can open their eyes. So when they went, people were saved. Lots of people got healed. That happens in this church every single weekend at our campuses. Because there's hurting, searching people everywhere. Let me read you this amazing little story. Pastor Mark, last week I was driving my daughter to school. And I saw a woman sitting out front of a shopping center all alone. I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to go and ask her if she needed a ride. After dropping off my daughter at the school, I said to God, I love this part, God, if she's still there, when I drive by her, I will ask her. So sometimes what would we pray? God, I hope she's not there when I drive by again. Why'd you laugh? Here's what she says. Of course she was still there. And then as I passed by her, I thought, I'm on the wrong side of the road now. And the Holy Spirit said, just make a U-turn. As I did, I realized that I have the dog in the back seat 
And she may bark at the stranger coming into the car and scare the woman. And the Holy Spirit just said, obey, where's your faith? Now I want to stop right there. I'm going to finish the story in a moment. Some of you may be new to this Christianity deal. Or you're not even understanding it. So like, I'm a little afraid of this church. This woman is hearing the God speak to her? Like, did everybody come here from circles of care or what? <laughs> How many of you this morning believe that a Christian should be able to hear God speak to them? Let me see your hand. Okay. I won't ask how many of you here. Remember in our sequence last week, if I spend time with God, then I'll learn to hear God. John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice. When we were in Denver, one day I was out and the kids were up. I was taking them to the playground. You know, if you have grandkids, you end up at a playground. How many could say amen to that? You, you know what that's like. And my wife and daughter went shopping, so left me there. So I'm in this playground. And as I walked out, I saw another guy, and then I said, God, just give me an open door. And all of a sudden, here comes a family with kids, and they begin playing with our kids, and I just begin to talk with them. And we're just talking, and whatever, and how long you live, you live here? No, we just moved here from Georgia, or whatever, and what are you doing here? Well, my granddaughter's here, and whatever, and I said, man, what's happening? I always look for an opening. I said, you know, wow, you see the news with Israel, it's amazing. He said, yeah, we've been watching that. I'm not, not familiar with that area too much, but it looks horrible over there. I says, well, I'm a pastor, and I go to Israel every year. Now, why did I say that? Because I'm moving where? Not to Israel. I'm moving to spiritual things. You don't have to say that. You say, I'm a Christian. I'm really concerned about that area. Whatever. However God directs you. And as I did that, they said, oh, really? And, I, and they, they said, yeah. I said, I have to get back on Friday because I have a Saturday night service. We have three. You have a Saturday night. Oh, we've been out here like a year. and We can't find a good church that has a Saturday night service. I said, well, that's amazing because my, my daughter... And son-in-law and family go to a great church that has a great Saturday night service. Really? Can you give me the address? So I got on the phone right away and called my daughter, gave him the address, gave him the whole thing. They're all excited, ready to take their family this week into that church because they finally found a place. And as the gal left, she said, wow, that's kind of a coincidence. And I said, well, not really. I prayed that I would have a divine appointment with you. Now, some of you are going to say, that's just a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. It's as simple as asking God. To open a door. So God got rid of all her excuses. He loves to do that. And she continues. So I pulled in the parking lot and walked over to her and asked her if she needed a ride on this chilly morning. She gathered all her stuff together and said she was going to see her sister. She gave me directions to the home as I drove. And as I drove, I explained to her, I usually don't pick people up, but... I felt the Holy Spirit prompted me and felt I should obey. She told me she was just coming back to this area, trying to get settled again, and was going to see her sister who was a Christian. She cried as she told me she had been going through some really tough times, but could now see that God was ordering her steps. Pastor Mark, I was able to pray with her and encourage her, and as I dropped her off, she smiled and waved at me, And God gave me a peace. Listen to her words. I was way out of my comfort zone, 
but knew I was doing exactly what God asked of me. I want to ask you a question. I'm not through with the story. Would you say her life that morning narrowed or expanded? Do you think she felt better or worse after that encounter? Way better. Give and it will be given back to you. He said, Pastor Mark, she didn't get saved. She's already a Christian. That's like a waste of time. Really? You ever get discouraged and need somebody to speak a word of encouragement to you? For sure. How did all that happen? Stepping out of our comfort zone and listening to the Spirit. What did that say to that woman? God cared enough for her to send somebody to give her a right and encourage her. I'd like to feel that, wouldn't you? Here's her last statement. Oh, by the way, Pastor Mark, the dog never even barked as she got into my car. I love it. Isn't that amazing? See, God cares for us. If you'll learn to step out, your life will get greater. Greater? Greater. Will there be warfare? Yes, there will. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Thanks for getting uncomfortable and stepping out of your comfort zones. Practice it this week. Allow God to speak simple things into your heart. Don't do foolish things like a woman picking up a man on the road and things like that. That's, that's just common sense. You would never do that. But allow the Spirit to speak to you. Because he wants to. He wants to. Use. See, we're being sent out every day. Last thing I want to say is this. There's some of you here at this campus, you don't know God. But you do want to know God. And I want to say this. The minute you turn your life over to God, everything, your past is settled. He forgives you. Your present is fantastic because God now is going to direct your life. And your future is assured. Heaven for you. But it must start with you repenting and believing and asking God to change you. That's the good news. He can change you. Jesus died so that you could have life here and life forever. Now, let me just say one word to you. There's an urgency to this. Don't walk out of here if you're not right with God. Because you don't know what life holds. You heard that you could be changed. You heard that Jesus Christ died for you. You choose today to follow Jesus Christ. There is an urgency. It's your destination that you're dealing with, your eternal soul. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people. 
who despite whatever obstacles are in their way, they still worship Jesus and praise his name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living.